Women's Health, Wisdom, and Wine, a weekly conversation with practitioners, providers, patients, and healers about complex reproductive medicine and women's health challenges, the value of an integrative approach to these challenges, many of the women's health topics you're already thinking about but uncomfortable talking about, and my personal favorite, wine. I'm your host, Dr. Lorena White, an integrative reproductive medicine and women's health provider, licensed acupuncturist, clinical herbalist, and a former labor support doula in the Washington, D.C. metro area. My goal is to bring women's health-specific evidence and expertise to the forefront of daily women's health and wellness news through informative conversations. If you have ideas, questions, and specific topics that you would like us to cover in future podcast episodes, please leave them in the comment section or send us an email at info at To learn more about our team's approach to care, visit our website at www.larenawhite.com. As you enjoy the podcast, conversations, and wine time, remember to follow the podcast, leave a five-star rating, and tap on the bell to make sure you never miss an episode. Let us know what is your favorite topic, who has been your favorite guest, and who would you like to hear from on the next pod. Most importantly, share the podcast and your favorite episode with a friend or colleague. Lastly, remember that this podcast is not designed to be a substitute for a bona fide relationship with a licensed or certified healthcare professional. October is Domestic Violence and Intimate Partner Violence Awareness Month. It is a time to acknowledge domestic violence survivors and be a voice for its victims. Domestic violence is prevalent in every community and affects all people, regardless of age, socioeconomic status, sexual orientation, gender, race, religion, or nationality. Physical violence is often accompanied by emotionally abusive and controlling behavior as part of a much larger systematic pattern of dominance and control. Domestic violence can result in physical injury, psychological trauma, and sadly, even death. The devastating consequences of domestic violence can cross generations and last a lifetime. Although there has been substantial progress in reducing domestic violence, an average of 20 people are physically abused by intimate partners every minute. This equates to more than 10 million abuse victims annually. One in three women and one in four men have been physically abused by an intimate partner, and one in five women and one in seven men have been severely physically abused by an intimate partner. Millions of Americans live in daily silent fear within their own homes. In addition, every year, millions of children are exposed to domestic violence. Domestic violence incidents affect every person within a home and can have long-lasting negative effects on children's emotional well-being and social and academic functioning. We always talk about domestic abuse and intimate partner violence, and we know we can recognize it when we see it, but this type of abuse comes in several forms. First is physical abuse. Physical abuse is a powerful way that an abusive person gets and keeps their partner under control, and it instills an environment of constant fear. While physical abuse is the form of abuse that is most commonly known, it may or may not be a part of an abusive relationship. If physical abuse is present early in the relationship, it commonly gets worse over time. If there is no physical abuse in the relationship, 
it may begin to occur when the victim is pregnant or when the victim is considering leaving the relationship. Physical violence includes, but is not limited to, hitting, punching, kicking, slapping, strangling, smothering, using or threatening to use weapons, shoving, interrupting sleep, throwing things, destroying property, hurting or even killing pets, and denying medical treatment. Sexual abuse is some form of sexual abuse that is common in abusive relationships, but it's often the very least discussed. It can be subtle or overt, and the impact on the victim is commonly feelings of shame and humiliation. Sexual abuse may include physically forced sex, which is also called rape, making you feel fearful about saying no to sex, forcing sex with other partners, forcing you to participate in demeaning or degrading sexual acts, violence or name calling during sex, and denying contraception or protection from sexually transmitted diseases. Emotional abuse occurs in some form in all abusive relationships. It is a very effective tactic used by abusive partners to obtain power and control, and it can cause extreme damage to the victim's self-esteem. Commonly, emotional abuse victims feel like they are responsible for the abuse, and they feel crazy, worthless, and sometimes even hopeless. It is so damaging that many survivors of domestic violence report that they would have rather been hit than endure the ongoing psychic damage of emotional abuse. Emotional abuse can include constant put-downs or criticism, name-calling, crazy-making, acting superior, minimizing the abuse or blaming the person for their behavior, threatening and making a person feel fearful, isolating the person from family and friends, excessive jealousy, accusing someone of having affairs, and watching where the person goes and who they talk to. And lastly, financial abuse. This form of abuse is one of the least commonly known, but one of the most powerful tactics of entrapping a victim in the relationship. It is so powerful that many victims of abuse describe it as the main reason that they stayed in an abusive relationship or went back to one. Some forms of financial abuse include giving the person an allowance, not letting the person have their own money, hiding family assets, running up debt, interfering with the person's job, and ruining credit. Domestic violence encompasses a spectrum of behaviors that abusers use to control victims. Some of the warning signs that someone may be abusive are included as red flags. So if you have a friend or you yourself are experiencing these behaviors from a partner, remember, it is not your fault and there are advocates who can help. Some red flags to include is someone who wants to move too quickly into the relationship. Or early on in the relationship, they flatter you constantly and seem almost too good to be true. They want you all to him or to herself, insisting that you stop spending time with your family and friends. They insist that you stop participating in hobbies or activities or that you quit school or quit your job. They do not honor your boundaries. They are excessively jealous and accuse you of being unfaithful. They want you to know where you are all the time 
and they make frequent calls, emails, and texts all throughout the day to monitor your whereabouts. They may criticize or put you down saying things like you're crazy or stupid or fat or unattractive or that no one else would ever want to be with you or love you. They take no responsibility for their behavior and they blame others. They have a history of abusing others. They blame the entire failure or previous relationships on their former partner. For example, my ex was totally crazy. They take your money or run up your credit card debt and they rage out of control with you but can maintain composure around everyone else. Abuse is never the fault of the victim and it can be hard for many reasons, including safety, to end the relationship. Some of these red flags are hard to recognize and even harder to address. But feel free to confide in a friend or reach out for support from a domestic violence advocate. There, you'll be able to get non-judgmental support and help. Sometimes we talk about domestic violence, but we just don't, again, understand what it is. And domestic violence continues to be a pattern of coercive, controlling behavior that, again, includes physical, emotional, or psychological abuse, sexual abuse, or financial abuse using money or financial tools tools to exert control. Some abusers are able to exert complete control over a victim's every action without ever using violence or only using subtle threats of violence. However, all types of abuse are devastating to victims. Domestic violence is a pervasive, life-threatening crime that affects millions of individuals across the United States, again, regardless of age, economic status, race, sexual orientation, gender identity, religion, ability, or education level. While high-profile cases of domestic violence will attract headlines, there are thousands of people who experience domestic domestic violence and abuse every day, and they come from all walks of life. Abusive partners make it very difficult for victims to escape relationships, and sadly, many survivors suffer from abuse for decades. It is so important for survivors to know that the abuse is not their fault and that they're not alone. Help is available to those who are experiencing domestic violence. Survivors have many options from obtaining a protective order, protection order or staying in a shelter, exploring options through support groups, or making anonymous calls to local domestic violence shelters or national hotlines. There is hope. In case of danger, the domestic violence hotline is 1-800-799-7233. And if it's safe to do so, just call 911. Technology can be used by victims to increase safety and privacy. It can also be misused by perpetrators to harass, abuse, or harm victims. While financial abuse is widespread, it is important to rebuild from financial abuse and there's certain groups and curriculums that can help victims do so. However, before using online resources, know that the computer or the phone may not be safe. Some abusive partners misuse technology to stalk and track their partner's activities on their computer, tablet, or other mobile devices. 
So often the question is, why doesn't the victim just leave? However, the question that I want to pose to you is a better question. Why does the abuser choose to abuse? The DAC is stacked against victims as they navigate safety. Abusive partners work very hard to keep victims trapped in the relationship. They may try to isolate the victim from friends and family, thereby reducing the people and places where the survivor can go for support. Through various tactics of financial abuse, abusive partners create financial barriers to safety as well. There is a real fear of death or more abuse if they leave, as abusers may perceive this act of independence as a threat to their power and control that they've worked so hard to gain, and they may choose to escalate the violence in response. On average, three women die at the hands of a current or former intimate partner every single day. Through gaslighting, abusive partners cause victims to feel like they are responsible for the abuse. Gaslighting is a form of emotional abuse that abusers use to confuse and shift blame onto the victim. This often causes the victim to doubt their sanity and feel like they are responsible for the abuse, therefore unable to stop it. Abuse takes an emotional and physical toll over time, which can translate to additional health issues that make leaving more difficult. Survivors often report that they want the abuse to end, but not the relationship. A survivor may stay with or return to an abusive partner because they believe the abuser's promises to change. There is no way to spot an abuser in a crowd, but most abusers share some common characteristics. Some of the subtle warning signs include insisting on moving quickly in a relationship, criticizing their partner's appearance and making frequent push put downs, words and actions that don't match, and being extremely jealous or controlling, insisting that they stop participating in preferred leisure activities or spending time with family and friends. It's important to remember that domestic violence is first and foremost a pattern of power and control. And any one of these behaviors may not be indica- indicative of abuse all by itself until it is considered a part of a pattern of behavior. Can abusers change? Of course, but they must first make the choice to change their behavior on their own. It's not easy for an abusive partner to stop choosing abusive behavior, and it requires a serious commitment. Once an abuser has had all the power in the relationship, it's difficult to relinquish that power and transition to a healthy relationship where each partner has equal respect and power. Sometimes an abusive partner stops one form of abuse, for example, the physical violence, but continues to employ other forms of abuse, such as emotional, sexual, or financial abuse. It is important to remember that domestic violence includes one or more forms of abuse, and it is a part of an overall pattern of seeking power and control over the victim. And yes, men can be victims of domestic violence and domestic abuse, too. Domestic violence is a pervasive, life-threatening crime. Again, this is a crime that affects millions of individuals across the United States, regardless of age, economic status, race, sexual orientation, gender identity, religion, ability, or education level. Pervasive stereotypes that men are always the abuser and women are always the victim discriminate against survivors who are men and discourages them from coming forward with their stories. 
survivors of domestic violence who are men are less likely to seek help or report abuse. And many are unaware of services for men. And there is this common misconception that domestic violence programs only serve women. When we talk about domestic violence, we're not talking about men versus women or women versus men. We're talking about violence versus peace and control versus respect. Domestic violence affects us all and all of us, women, children, and men must be part of the solution. And yes, LGBTQ people can be victims of domestic violence and domestic abuse. Intimate partner violence is a pervasive, life-threatening crime that affects millions of individuals across the United States, regardless of age, economic status, race, sexual orientation, gender identity, religion, ability, and education level. And as you can see, it's worth repeating. 26% of gay men and 37% of bisexual men have experienced rape, physical violence, and or stalking by an intimate partner in their lifetime in comparison to 29% of heterosexual men. At some point in time in their lives, 44% of lesbian women and 61% of bisexual women have experienced rape, physical violence, and or stalking by an intimate partner as opposed to 35% of heterosexual women. The economy. Does the economy affect domestic violence? Absolutely. A bad economy does not cause domestic violence, but it can make it worse. The severity and frequency of abuse can increase when factors associated with a bad economy are present. Job loss, housing foreclosures, debt, and other factors contribute to higher stress levels at home, which can lead to increased violence. As the abuse gets worse, a weak economy limits options for survivors to seek safety or escape or even other employment. Additionally, domestic violence shelters and programs may experience funding cuts right when the need right when the need for more staff and funding to keep up with the demand for their services begins. Victims may also have a more difficult time finding a job to become financially independent of abusers. If you want to help, keep in mind that every person can take individual actions to create a supportive community for survivors. Get involved in your community. You can also call on public officials to support life-saving domestic violence services and hold perpetrators accountable. In order to have a progressive, informed conversation about domestic violence, we all have to be involved. Never victim blame. Abuse is never the victim's fault. As a society, we continue to place blame on the victims by asking, what did they do to deserve that? Or what was he or she wearing? Why was she even there? Why couldn't she just keep her knees together? Yet we do not ask these questions to victims of other crimes. We must stop asking these questions of domestic violence and sexual assault survivors. How can we shift the culture away from blaming the victim and instead blame the perpetrator? Why does the abuser choose the abuse? Believe, support, and trust survivors instead of second-guessing their experience. Let's rightfully place the responsibility on abusers and perpetrators to end the abuse. Again, domestic violence is rooted in power and control. Holding offenders accountable can take many forms. If it is safe to do so, call offenders out on their abusive actions and impose social consequences, like telling them they're not welcome for family dinner or to hang out until the abusive behavior stops. 
stop excusing behavior with boys will be boys or the perpetrator would never do something like that talk. Community accountability can make a significant impact. How can we hold offenders accountable and support survivors? Tell the perpetrator that their behavior is abuse. Healthy relationships are rooted in quality, respect, and nonviolence. Unfortunately, misconceptions about domestic violence persist, such as the notions that survivors can just leave, that heterosexual cisgender women are the only victims, that domestic violence only includes physical violence, or that domestic violence is a private family matter. Each one of these myths persists despite the work done to challenge these perceptions. Ask, why can't survivors just leave? And other than physical violence, what other forms of abuse can domestic violence take? Survivors must think about their own physical safety financial security, the safety and welfare of their children and pets, potential housing, and where they can just leave to, among a myriad of other issues. Domestic violence can include physical, financial, emotional, physical, and sexual abuse. Domestic violence does not happen in a vacuum. Survivors experiencing domestic violence often experience other isms, such as sexism, racism, classism, heteronormativism, and countless others. And this compounds the negative impacts on the victims. Collectively, these isms play a devastating role in perpetuating gender-based violence. So how do, these, how do you think different oppressions and privileges affect survivors' experiences? And when coupled with other isms, victims face additional barriers to safety. Abuse is intentional. It's a myth that someone who abuses their partner is out of control. In fact, they're in good control. How often do they lose control at work, with a friend, with other family members, and purposely choose tactics to control their partner? Power is hard to give up or share, and abusive actions are purposeful with the goal of gaining power, maintaining power, and gaining control, and maintaining that control over their partner. What do you think are common ways that offenders use power and control over victims? Strategically isolating victims is a common tactic to gain power and control over a victim. Perpetrators may trap their partners by withholding, lying about, or hiding financial assets, which is a form of financial abuse. Survivors know their experience and story better than anyone. Taking a survivor-centered approach empowers survivors by prioritizing their needs and wants. Often, Abusers deny their partner self-determination. Empowering survivors returns their control and enables them to make their own decision. Listen, ask survivors what they need to individually be safe. There's no one-size-fits-all approach to addressing domestic violence. Within the last few years, there have been a number of highly publicized cases of domestic violence. While raising awareness is important, it's crucial to look at domestic violence reporting through a critical and trauma-informed lens to make sure the portrayal of domestic violence is accurately rooted in the realities of the survivor's experiences. Survivors in highly publicized cases deserve the same respect as any person experience abuse. experiencing abuse. First and foremost, we must believe survivors continue to hold celebrity offenders accountable and keep in mind that everyone's story is their own and also unique. 
one in three women will be a victim of domestic or sexual violence at some point in their lifetime. And each day, an average of three women die at the hands of someone who claimed to love them. Domestic violence affects us all. Victims are our family members, neighbors, coworkers, and friends. All of us, women, children, and men, must be part of the solution. Do you know anyone who has been affected by domestic violence? How did you support them? Domestic violence affects each and every one of us. Violence is not the answer, and it's on us to take a stand against it. One of the root causes of domestic violence is inequality. Addressing this root cause takes conscious action and significant social change. Many dynamics of power and control are rooted in gender roles and stereotypes. One way to combat these ingrained inequalities is through conscious action. By calling out sexism, racism, or any other ism when you see it, and also youth education. Domestic violence, again, is everywhere, affecting millions of individuals across the United States, regardless of age, economic status, race, ethnicity, gender, sexual orientation, religion, or education. Domestic violence is not strictly physical abuse, but can also include emotional, financial, verbal, psychological, sexual, and technology-facilitated abuse as well. There are many ways to help and end domestic violence. The easiest way is to start a conversation about domestic violence with your loved ones. Support your community by volunteering or donating to a domestic violence organization and learn more ways about getting involved. If you're having a conversation about domestic violence and someone discloses that they are a victim or survivor of domestic violence, just listen. Communicate that the abuse that they're experiencing is not their fault and let them know that they deserve safety and respect. Remember, everyone deserves a healthy relationship. Thanks for joining Women's Health Wisdom and Wine. We really hope you enjoyed our conversation today. Think about one gem you can take away from this episode and apply it to your own life. Also, remember to follow us, review us, and give us five stars. Till we meet again, remember, nourish your flourish.